Stones and welcome to another episode of Takes All Over the Place. Can you sense a more regal tone to today's proceedings? Well, that's because we're delving into The Crown, or at least season four of The Crown, because that's when Princess Diana is in the mix and we all have our interest peaked because, you know, monarchy imperialism, not our strong suit. So I thought it'd be fun if we designated ourselves a little, little royal titles. Um, I am previously Nick or known as Prince Poppycock. Hi. I thought you picked names for all of us. Um, I did. You just have to say your old name, and then I'll rechristen you. Hi, I'm Julie. Henceforth known as Lady Bafflegab. I did just Google, like, old English words that mean talk a lot. (laughs) (laughs) That's what mine is, too, because we talk a lot because we're on a podcast. We're like the Gabmore girls, except you're the Bafflegabmore girls. My God, why wasn't there a podcast called The Gabmore Girls? That's fantastic. There needs to be. Let's start it right now. Wasn't that the Mad TV sketch? Yeah, it was the Mad TV. Fuck takes all over the place. <laughs> so this will be our final episode. Thank you for riding along in this the journey The Gabmore Girls! <laughs> What's our one... producer Emma's name? And now she will be known as Queen Regent Flapdoodle. <laughs> what else did we talk about this week, Nick? It's tough to say, you know, I don't go into a bit of a fugue state and just blather on, um, blither, baffle. You the know. pendulum is starting to swing back. We're feeling a lot of goodness. People we love. Yeah. And we're feeling like the, the tides are turning in a lovely way. So whether that's just like the machinations of our mind or reality, we're going to put it into the universe as the universe has put it into us. So we hope you enjoy this episode and we'll see you next week when we do it all again. Perhaps it'll be the Gabmore girls, perhaps just three girls, Gavin Moore. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Happens. We have a lot of really important things to talk about this week. So, oh my gosh. Yes. And I did my homework. So which one did you? Well, I watched the crown and I watched new girl. How far did you get new girl? Did you say? I got to season three, the end of season three. Yeah. And? And it's quite fun. So I'm doing this thing where it's too stressful for me to commit, but it's also very stressful to do the staccato viewing I do, which is just like watch for 10 seconds, skip for 10 seconds. So I'm going through like four episodes an hour. These are 20 minute episodes. Um, So there's no way that should be like mathematically possible. And yet here we are. Um, But it's been quite enjoyable. Um, I very much appreciate the dynamic. When I first started watching it, when it initially aired, I was a big Happy Endings fan, which was a solid show, absolute friends, knockoff, ripoff, whatever, but enjoyable. And then the character from that, um, who plays Coach, was there in the pilot, then they were surprisingly renewed, and so he left. And I could never get over the idea that Coach wasn't part of it. So never warmed to Winston. Uh, <gasps> I know, but initially, upon initial viewing, I could never get past it. I was like, coach is supposed to be here. Who's this pretender to the throne? And then going through it with renewed perspective of like, okay, this is just the way it's going to be. Now, Winston's one of my favorite characters, if not my absolute favorite. Yeah, and way funnier than Damon Wayans Jr. Because when he comes back, you're like... When he comes back, I'm like, what's the point of this? Why is he back? He doesn't belong here. He belongs in We can't be having two black people on at the same time. It's just excessive. No, it's just like... I don't know. His dynamic and his thing and the fact that he didn't immediately cotton on to Jess. I was just like, you're going to have to earn her trust and my trust um, back, buddy. So 
You but exiled. He, he does call her Jubeca, which is only funny because my name is Julie and my sister's name is Rebecca, and my mother called us Jubeca our entire lives. Jubeca, <laughs> Rebecca, whoever you are, we're Julie. I don't care. <laughs> You're Jubeca. I love that. <laughs> Did you have like a special sound like Chewbacca? No, no. This is when we were. <laughs> this is when oh. she couldn't remember which kid she was yelling at. Well, although I do truly find the crown to be a snooze fest, I started in season three. Although I, as soon as we talked about New Girl, I had to rewatch the whole show again. I don't know why. So I started in season three because you told me Lord Tywin's there, and Emma, um, Layla said it was a good place to start. Um, it was nice to see the coup, the attempted coup, and it was like all all this stuff that we haven't had to deal with, and I don't know anything about my Sarah Palin this about history in London. You're like, okay, things have always been awful. It's not just now, right? Coups, the IRA, all that stuff. It's awful. It's all, I don't know enough about it to know who's right, who's wrong. It's all just terrible. And then the Cole killing the children episode. I mean, I wasn't ready for that. I know. At the beginning of that, I was like, oh, no, I know this is not going to go well. And so I immediately Googled, like, what was happening? (laughs) (laughs) Really bad episode. And then at the end, she gives us the Demi Moore and Ghost single tear. I was like, all right, Queenie. (laughs) Which is very tough because I just find Olivia Coleman to be eminently likable. She's such a delight. And everything I see her, I'm just like, I love you and I want to hang out with you and I want to spend time with you because you seem like a super neat person who's quite talented. And it's rough being forced to dislike both Olivia Coleman and Gillian Anderson as Margaret Thatcher because they do it so well. So they inspire hatred. But then my immediate gut reaction to them is both, Stan, hunty, I want posters of you on my wall. Just not looking like that. Well, because of my non-needed, unfortunate new girl rewatch, I only made it through seven episodes of season three, but I did watch the first episode of season four. So I don't know where everybody is. I feel like homework was season four, episode one. And I barely completed that. Mere (laughs) 10 minutes before we were on the call, I got to the credits. And then jumped in the shower and here you are. How they put up with me, I don't know. It wavers. Luckily, you're funny. Have you watched all the other seasons, Nick? Absolutely not. Something about... um, never was a genre of history nor television that I've ever been particularly inclined to watch. So I don't know why, because I was like, I've seen this forever. People have raved is perhaps a strong, but been like, oh, this is quality television for quite some time. Why have I had no attraction to this program? And it's simply because I just don't super care. The Diana bit is all I super know, because I was alive during that part and had the Princess Diana Beanie Baby commemorating her death. And I don't think, perhaps for her... Was it in her death? No, I think it was just commemorating her, and then she died soon after, and we were like, mm-hmm. it was a tragedy. It's now worth a fortune. Um, but yeah, that was... So we knew Princess Diana just because she was in the cultural zeitgeist of that moment, and it was on all the news programs. So I remember that, and I don't know. I just always liked her. And then reading more about her and her love and compassion towards Freddie Mercury and people who were suffering with AIDS at a time that everyone was not giving them any contact because they didn't know anything about how it was spread was super lovely. And, you know, attractive people dying young is always a solid market. Uh, I do get pulled into the Diana in her own words documentary that I think came Uh, up because I had started watching the Of course. The algorithm was like, (laughs) you want to watch this? I'm like, now I'm going to go back and watch the whole thing because now I do want to see how why she became the way she is. Mm. And I'll be more interested in that. 
than I was before. We yeah. all did the homework. <laughs> I just did the least of it. We do have different perspectives to this because you went in with the IRA to research it and to learn more. And I was like, man, I haven't watched Dairy Girls in a minute. I want to go back to that world because that is a kick-ass show. <laughs> Julie, have you seen Dairy Girls? I tried. I watched a couple episodes. That's fine. It's not for everyone. Just people with a heart um, <laughs> and the emotional capacity to feel things on a deep level. Um, I love it immensely. Hey, that's not true of most of your shows. I was like, yeah, I, don't have, <laughs> I know. I don't have that prerequisite either, but I just enjoy it. I enjoy it so much. So any other thoughts on The Crown besides Lord Tywin being there? And then did you see that I sent you that text that the guy in the coup episode? Yes. Uh, Royce. Yes. Who I remembered being a bad guy, but was not a bad guy. Right? He, in the end, ends up turning on Peter Baelish, but he is the moon door lady's sort of hand. Yeah. And we think part of the conspiracy maybe with John Aaron, but I think he's just a buffoon who doesn't, he's being used. Yeah. But he survives the whole thing, which, you know, <laughs> is a testament of something. <laughs> God love England though. They got like 28 actors and they get to be in anything they ever do. Seriously. <laughs> I didn't find Tywin nearly as terrifying in this role, which makes him must be a really good actor and not what? watching him butcher a cow or anything is good What's too. Interesting. It's like, no. at what point? You were human... for cloaks, I think. Yes. <laughs> I don't know I mean, anything about the IRA, so that was all really sad. I wasn't thinking he was going to get blown up and killed. And cinema, like the cinematography, of this was beautiful. All of it was very well done. Will I watch another one? Yeah, because I have to. <laughs> well, we just agreed to try it out. I mean, I, I, once I got past episode five of season seven, I was like, okay, I'm kind of in now. And once you start seeing how Charles's life develops, that whole episode about him going to Wales was really interesting. Mm -hmm. Then I was like, okay, now I care about him. But it, it, it took me five episodes, and I tried watching the first season three times. So, so is like, it funny? No. <laughs> and that's the metric for success right now. Is it well done? Yeah. I think superb acting, slow but beautiful storytelling. Funny? No. <laughs> I liked the uh, Margaretology episode of season three. Lighter, <laughs> more colorful. I, Nick, there's just, a limerick off. You, you would probably love that scene. I probably fucking would. As soon as you said Margaretology, I was just like, unless there is some sort of makeover montage set to Paula Abdul's Vibeology, I'm not vibing. I'm not vibing with it. Because that's all I look for in a movie. Is there humor? Is there a montage where someone gets made over from fundamentally attractive to just like unrealistically attractive? Yeah. Wait, let me take my glasses. Oh my God, Giselle Bunchen. Oh. <laughs> She's all that. One of my favorite movies. Yeah. Rachel Lee Cook, gorgeous. And then you take her glasses off, apparently more gorgeous. I was along for the ride. I was like seven. Yeah. Were you the one that needed glasses, Freddie Prince Jr.? Because we all knew she was beautiful with the glasses on. <laughs> yeah. Although that last scene where he is completely new to graduation and he throws a soccer ball, my sexual awakening. <laughs> we need to write that down. The only scene I really remember is the Rockefeller skank being DJed by Usher at the dance. Oh, uh, when they all right <laughs> they... about now, Funk soul brother, just get out now. And then Usher's presumably been there the entire school year, and it was like, "This is what we worked on." And then all of them break off into choreographed dance, and I was like, "Well, it's just why." Like I loved it, but it's great. It's my favorite scene in that whole movie. I'm like, yeah, it's right about now. <laughs> It reminds me very much of that SNL um, skit where they do like sort of high school art, interpretive dance, theater performance. That's always just a mess. And it's super funny. There's like eight or nine of them. So there's probably two um, based on my propensity for grandiosity. 
And the crown is not helping. My God. It's not helping your grandiosity. Yeah, that's, that's what I said. <laughs> Just gives him more pompous accents and big words to use. <laughs> Seriously. Um, the unlikability of the sovereign. Oh, oh, wow. Destructive feminism. Hello, Margaret Thatcher. I mean, I you, you should not be hitting the fast forward button, the new girl, because there is a joke every second. Now, on the crown, you're like, shooting a bird. Where are the jokes? Dog going to get a dog. <laughs> shooting a bird. Get the dog. Get on the boat. This is how you hold a lobster. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. It does make those moments like when Dickie died that much more profound because you're not expecting it. You're lulled into a false sense of security. Then there's action. You just need the patience to get there, and I simply don't have it. Not in this pandemic. No. It's like, what do I have to do? Nothing. And yet, my attention span? Never been lower. Well, it's the same thing with the coal mining accident episode where it's just like, they just are really drawing out this like before the bad thing happens moment in this way that you're like, I know a bad thing's gonna happen. Stop making me wait for it. So I'm gonna I skip forward. How many little kids do you want me to fall in love with? <laughs> before you cover them in coal. Yeah, how much do you want me to pretend I care about the queen hunting right now? Like just get to the other side of this catastrophic moment. <laughs> yeah. I mean it is interesting to see the IRA and IRL because I did it all for that. Everything else doesn't matter. It's going to be fall in action. <laughs> but um, I was inculcated with a very strong distaste for the British at a young age by my aunt, who's a little bit of an American Irish nationalist, not with the bombs, just with her passionate fervor against the British and pro-Ireland. So I remember I did a project when I was like in fourth or fifth grade and it was about the British and I literally just said, damn the British. And that was my project. So no, I'm still going to watch it. And then whenever I watch it downstairs, Ann Cotter's very into it. And so she hovers, which is super fun because then I like put my mask on and I'm like sanitizing her hands as she gets close. <laughs> it's real fun to live with me these days. I think you would like going back a little bit. I don't exactly know where to send you, but I don't think that uh, Queen Elizabeth, at least in season three, I didn't dislike her as much as I think you do after the first episode of season four. Like, I think she probably just keeps seeming colder as she goes into this role. But and who yeah. knows what Claire Foy did in season. Well, one that's two the thing. Everyone. Eventually. I feel like I'd need to know who the fuck Claire Foy is. And I have like a vague knowledge of her, but all the fucking movie queens that I am around virtually, so I don't actually listen to them or respond to them, are like, oh my God, Claire Foy, though. Like, Claire Foy is just transcendent. I'm like, all right, calm down. Can we talk about the fact that Olivia Coleman has so much range because you can put a wig on Jillian Anderson, you can give her an accent, put aliens around her. She is the same <laughs> hungry, thin, brittle bone person. I, I feel like this is the best Margaret Thatcher that I've seen thus far. And I watched The Iron Lady. Julianne Moore and Jillian uh, Anderson both have like an eternal sadness about them. And I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> when Julianne Moore showed up on 30 Rock, still the sadness, but at least a little bit funny. Mm -hmm. Terrible accent. But Jillian <laughs> Anderson in, um, what's the sex, sex education? Sex education. She's amazing, but she's Margaret Thatcher. Darling, what are you doing? <laughs> Are you touching your penis? Uh, uh. Yeah, I know it is very much the like restrained, distant, very calculated person. Super thin, ultra white. Okay, well she can't help her frame. She's not going uh, Christian she's Bale. Not nor 
let's not bring up his name. I love him. Uh, <laughs> Christian Bale's weight fluctuates it fluctuates insanely between movies. There's actually a chart where you can see the amount of weight he's gained and lost. And it's like a thousand pounds throughout his career. I have total. Love for him. I've explained to you my love for him from Lori, from Little Women, from Newsies. Um, I love Julianne Moore and Julianne Anderson, and yet in my what? feelings are not being regarded. In what? Um, she was amazing in Hannibal. I loved her in Sex Education. I have seen The X Files. Lovable though. <laughs> oh. I like her cold stoicism. It really gets me going. <laughs> See, I don't like the overt adorability. I like someone you have to work for. It's amazing that I'm not more into cats. Perhaps it's because I'm allergic. Because I feel like Gillian Anderson is a cat come to life. True. And I'm a dog person. Same. And yet here we are. When are we getting our dog? Olivia Coleman is a dog. Olivia Coleman is just amazing. First of all, have you seen Olivia the Coleman is a shapeshifter. Okay. She's, she's it's ridiculous. She's an and I did find out this week, younger than me. Everything I've ever seen her in, I was like, oh, she's older. They, like, they keep like, putting the makeup on to make her look she's older. 46. Really? Wow. She's like 36. But she does literally keep uh, playing like 50, 60 year-olds, maybe even 70. Like. Yeah. Yes. And she's just such an adult, you know. She's an <laughs> adult in broad church and a super bitch in flea bag and a nutball and a favorite. Oh, my God. <laughs> So fucking good. She's so good. Also, she's amazing. And I watched this when I was good after she was a lobster. She was in the lobster after I after she won the Academy Award. And I was just obsessed with watching all of her acceptance speeches, which if you want to go down a brief but satisfying YouTube. I've been there. She's so delightful. She's super funny. She's who you want. You know, sometimes I wonder if people get these awards simply because they enjoy the acceptance speeches. And Olivia Coleman is one of the rare intersections that she does it so well. The humility, the humor the self-deprecation, and then she's also quite good in everything she does, so it's perfectly valid. Agreed. Anyway, so after I was watching that, I decided to watch the Tyrannosaur. I think it's just Tyrannosaur, which she was in and won a lot of awards for, and it is so exceptional and so depressing. It sounds like Dinosaur. It's about a dinosaur. She plays her range. She plays a fucking T-Rex. Can you believe it? (laughs) (laughs) She can do anything. She can be blindsided in Broadchurch. She can be lovable in The Lobster. Ugh, she just seems like she's got some heartfelt and considerate moments. And then that episode where uh, Charles learns Welsh and she doesn't give him anything. It's just like gutting. You're like, whoa. And she whoa. does not prepare. She's like a natural talent that doesn't have to do anything. Because in all, perhaps she sounds <laughs> like it. I feel but, like she probably works pretty hard at her craft. <laughs> I know. I feel like that's such an insult. They're like, he's naturally funny. It's like, oh, fuck off. You <laughs> went to the Royal Dramatic School of Acting. <laughs> what? Okay, here's the thing. I think it's a compliment. Perhaps I'm wrong. I'm getting that sense. But <laughs> it's like when you have to look at the diagrams of human emotions to be like, sad this person is sad right now but she's always said in interviews at least on the graham norton show where people tend to be much more so fun so amazing if you're going to watch a talk show go to graham norton just the best but she's always just like yeah i didn't really prepare or you know david Tennant did a lot and i just sort of did what he did i feel like you don't want to overdo it and double up on you know investigating like he went to the police department and really checked in and you know i just sort of 
watched him and was like, okay. It's just people who can inhabit the roles and don't have to do full method. Like Anne Hathaway has said, I'm not as talented, so I have to do more work to get into these roles. Amen. And we appreciate that self-awareness on your side. <laughs> the thing about Olivia Coleman is she's so present. You know what I mean? She's so real. She seems very connected and grounded. That I just think brings truth to things. But then you see someone who can't read any lines and you're like, ooh, acting is harder than I might have thought. You look at fucking Alexis Bledel. She can't even get through going through the Golden Globes reading off a teleprompter, but she really made it work in um, the first couple seasons of Gilmore Girls and then Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. I mean, you see it with like the Jennifer Lawrences of the world who, granted, I know she's a divisive figure, but is a great actress. And <laughs> Julie, I don't know. I feel like I'm on tender hooks and you're just going to take my dreams away and being like, oh, that bitch, that fucking bag of bones over there. Hate her. I saw her drunk with like her boobs hanging out on Graham Norton cracking me up. So she's Jennifer fun. Lawrence. Yeah, she's funny. But she <laughs> was boozy for sure. One of the one of the Hemsworth brothers, um, whichever one she was in the Hunger Games with, was like, you know, she'd be cracking up and then immediately go to character. I would have to sit in my trailer and like really go full method to get in this place. And I was like, okay, so either you're a terrible terrible actor, or she's a good one, or a little bit of both. Should we talk about how good things are happening? Oh no. What? Except for now. <laughs> Except... <laughs> I, had, I had something queued up and ready to go, but now it's gone because of my disaster of earlier. Good things are happening. Just <laughs> good things are happening. I'm telling you, you have to like look for light, right? Uh huh. I'm looking for light right now. I'm trying to pull my shade up. <laughs> well, a definite right of wrong was righted this week, but I think we should. What is happening? I need to go. I got to call you guys later. I'm a disaster. <laughs> I said, let's talk about how great everything is. And then everything just fell apart. Oh my God. It's Trixie. So here's, here's the wrong. It's from McDonald's. I got, did you get a pride month thing from Chipotle? No, I did. Chipotle sent you a PR? Yeah, for pride. They sent me like a gift card. With Let us call it for kimchi to have a meltdown. A lot of money on it. How, how much? Dollars. <laughs> Chipotle! <laughs> Chipotle! That kid's been cheated on. Okay, let's get into this. I was the one that introduced you to Chipotle. I am shook right now. Kim is shaking! I am, I, I'm like shaking. I mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not a greedy person and I don't need they PR from- a box addressed to me to Trixie have a great Pride Month, which by the way, sending a bottom burritos for Pride Month, do your homework. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I don't, I don't have to bottom if there's Chipotle involved. <laughs> Are you okay? Do you feel skipped over? Okay. I, I, I feel so cheated on. I feel so cheated on. Trixie's like, yeah, what did McDonald's send you? Oh, they sent me a cute little gift card and then like a new Happy Meal toys. That's cute. Yeah, that is cute, but it's no Chipotle. <laughs> Well, should we put some wigs on? I, yeah. <laughs> should we put some wigs on? I mean, I, yeah, I guess. That is the best. So this week, Kim's Instagram showed us Chipotle Center, huge box with a gift card and swag. So fucking lovely. She went through all the stages of grief in that moment. <laughs> Do what you, want, what you want with my body. You can have my heart. But you can, I don't know the words. It's fine. 
So are you going to continue with New Girl? Are you feeling drawn in yet? Have you you gotten over Coach? Gotten over Coach. I mean, it's objectively a very funny. I was talking about it um, with some people, and they were like, I couldn't get past Jess's awkwardness. And I was like, well, that's kind of the whole show. So if you can't get past that, you're not going to really enjoy it. But no, it's so fun. The characters are great. I love the different shades. They interact with each other. It's just like all these neuroses come to life in a way that's somehow still fun. It's been I a blast. I, I know. I see what you mean. And the best is yet to come because you're only in season three. Is it really? The best. Mm. All right. Okay. Well, there are good moments here and there. <laughs> there some of my – the Thanksgiving episodes are my favorite. I sure. love everyone – well, except the one where they're camping and take peyote or whatever. But. Oh, yeah. Thanks. But the and first you, one was so good. I feel oh like I've now God. watched that one like three times this week. <laughs> And I'm like obsessed with Justin Long's podcast now. He's just so sweet. He had on um, Vince Vaughn last week, who I have mixed feelings about because of his politics, which are none of my business. But um, I was very attracted to him when I was younger and the swingers and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So they're talking and Vince never stops talking and Justin doesn't care. And they obviously are really, really good friends. And at the end, Justin's like, I just love you so much. He's like, I'm just so glad we got to talk. I just love you so much. Vince is like, I love you too, man. He just has all these like super sweet romances with all of these dudes which is so cool yeah and like i listen to Dak shepherd all the time and i love him and he has kind of a feminine audience kind of a feminine vibe he was on tim ferris last week and tim ferris is like oh, i have all dudes like blah, blah, blah. you're like neato um but just cool to see this sort of in the middle right like and so i think i told you guys about Dak shepherd having on the conspiracy theory expert from new mm -hmm. zealand david Ferrier, which just knocked me out and so now they have a bromance and they're going to have their own new show called Armchair and Dangerous. And they already had an episode one this week about a oh, lizard fun. king dude, David Ike, I-C-K-E, <laughs> who is like a real dude in England who was a professional soccer player and then a broadcaster and now has a theory that um, the bad people on the planet are lizard people. They may or may not be Jewish. It's not their fault. But um, <laughs> And like 6,000 people come to hear him speak. He's made millions of dollars. Like he's God. legitimized in England. So – one conspiracy theory podcast a month. I'll take it. Oh my goodness. He's all, he's also on um, Leslie Jordan's list of good straights. Who is not David Icke? I hope not David Icke. No, no, no. Justin Long. Oh. So Leslie Jordan, the pure joy of this quarantine situation. If you've not checked out his Instagram, <laughs> it is simply amazing. Wonderful, pure, unadulterated joy, kindness, sweetness. What a pocket little ray of sunshine but he designated his list of good straights um or straight boys i love and justin long was among them also jason kennedy dylan mcdermott max greenfield um yeah so we've got the good ones in there and then and then jerry <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna have to work on my impression i love it so much and now that jake johnson explained you know he was like, we got to turn it up, dude. We got to turn it up. And Jake's like, no, we don't. And Max is like, yes, pretend like there's an audience out there. <laughs> Parkour. I know. I'm newly paying attention to how much he does launch himself off of walls and say parkour. And like a launch off of walls always immediately followed by like a drop and push up and then jump back up. I'm like, yeah, no wonder you said this is rough on your body. <laughs> you know that in real life he is like a CrossFit fanatic. And he like goes to the CrossFit World Games to watch them all compete like he's Yes. majorly into crossfit you're just like <laughs> into okay. watching it or does he also do it Both. no he does it that's why his body looks like that yeah fair 
<laughs> Chipotle Habib. I just love him so much. <laughs> I mean, Mary, I'm going to marry Winston, obviously. Oh, my God. You have so many good Winston moments to come, Nick. You don't even know. Yeah. Winston does not stop getting better the entire Better. Season. Better. Better. Because it felt like initially they were trying to find a place for him. And it was like, yeah. okay, coach well, is out. So we need to create this. Yeah. Last minute. Yeah. So coach gets snatched, snatched away back to happy endings. And Lamorne had been, he was in the running. It, it was between him and Damon Wayne. So he'd had 15 auditions. Holy shit. For New Girl. And then New Girl was like, don't take that other offer. We're probably going to make you an offer. And he's like, I, you got to take an offer on the table. So he did. And then. Damon Wayans had to leave and they had two weeks to like figure out his character and then they couldn't make him like he's the new guy in town, right? From Latvia or whatever, but the yeah. show's called New Girl, so they can't really play too much on that because that's Jess's part. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me so happy. I just love it. And season seven, somebody gives Jess a box of old wine. Whatever. And it opens, the cold open is she puts it on the table and Cece's like, well, I want to ask what's in the box, but a whole seven thing is going to start. And Schmidt's like, what's in the box? <laughs> and then Winston does the best Morgan Freeman. He's like, John Q. Bubba. Like he does the best Morgan Freeman impression. I'm like, all oh, my world's like, <laughs> Your, like encyclopedic knowledge of this is ridiculous. And I also love listening to you talk about things that you genuinely love and enjoy. Every moment it's just like, ah! We've also tried to other people because my sister's like, when I heard you and Emma say you were going to put it on your, like, desert island, she's like, she, because she's with Nick. She watched, like, half of the first season. She doesn't like Schmidt. She didn't really get Winston, but now she's getting into it. Well, just, I mean, all of it, it is very well done. I think I initially pass it off as just like, okay, here's just sort of a ridiculous network show. And there are layers. So oh many God. layers. When Nick has a psychotic break because of the cactus his girlfriend said to him. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> The things he does to that poor fucking cactus just because of his own neuroses. In the end, it's just all skewered together and bandaged and broken. I know. <laughs> Who's that? Like, Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I wasn't going to break up with you, but. <laughs> so you have seen the one true Schmidt, though, right? When Schmidt and his cousin compete to see who is the one true Oh, 100% Schmidt. with Rob Riggle, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So fun. I mean, I saw it 10 seconds at a time. Like just 10 you should not skip over that. Stuff. I know. I know. <laughs> Here's Rob Riggle and Max Greenfeld just acting their faces off. Giant, huge comedic performance. And Winston's just like, why are you yelling at me? What's happening? What are you doing? Not a big deal. All day, Winston. All day. <laughs> well, then they try, who do they have to kiss? They have to kiss Winston, right? Yeah. To prove that they're really <laughs> He's like, I can't, Jody. Smells like a dude. I'm out. Nope. <laughs> Wheelbarrows. You want to see some calves, some donkey raises? Uh. <laughs> like, you did touch a hotter pan, but he did eat a bigger candle. <laughs> it's just so good. It's so good. Let's only watch it all day long. I don't know why we bother doing anything else. I mean, I don't really do anything else, to be honest. I've only watched New Girl for the past week, and it's quite good. You have to stop skipping over the funny parts, because that will be really upsetting. Okay, I will not. I get the gist. No? Okay. I mean, I see. I could see it with The Crown, and there were times with Game of Thrones where I was like, I've seen enough raping and murdering for this half hour. But funny people doing funny things. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Just like sitting down and like watching something in totality is, is tough. 
for me right now. I'm not sure why. Well, we are in a stressful, stressful time. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't seem to get warm or get my hair cut, so, you know. <laughs> Did you see a reporter ask Dr. Fauci, will the gays be able to brunch again? Yes, it was so cute. Yes, and I will happily join them. He was so happy because he was, I mean, the way he handled it was just like, he just had the little giggle and he was like, yes, yes. And I'll, I'll happily join you guys. And I was like, sit on my face. <laughs> Working it for HIV and AIDS research at the very beginning of that epidemic. Amazing. So wonderful. What a gem. He is definitely a gemstone. No, a hundred gemstones. Hundred gemstones for Fauci. One million gemstones. <laughs> well, did you see? Speaking of our favorite doctors, the woman who does the Play-Doh surgeries on Instagram did a cesarean section this week. It was fantastic. No, I need to actually follow her. <laughs> oh my god, it's so cute. And her little son, he's like, "There's the fat mommy." It's so good. <laughs> It was great. I was like, wow, interesting. You put the clamp, pulled the rectum back. You're like, oh, don't mess that up. Yeah, it's amazing. They pull it back. Seen when that goes wrong in Grey's Anatomy. They have to like resect it so that they can get to the baby. Oh, I know. A friend of mine's cousin went in the hospital last night, high blood pressure and preeclampsia. I'm like, okay, that's never turned out well, but she's fine. She's had the baby. <laughs> and I'm like, this was like a pivotal episode of ER that lasted for years. And Dr. Green like lost his mind over it. And Somebody on Grey's Anatomy also died. Like, preeclampsia is no joke either. No, it's not. <laughs> Glad. I'm like, I have my degree in ER, the TV show. <laughs> They're going to start calling like, upon you soon, honestly. They're hey, so I out of doctors. Hey, I cesarean sections, so. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it's made out of Play-Doh. Someone's going to be like, well, I have COVID. And you're like, well. So how many gemstones would you give New Girl three seasons in? So give me a second to think. Three seasons in. I'd give it like a solid 95. Yeah. It is quite good. Yeah. I've enjoyed it immensely. All the characters are fleshed out. They uh, are nicely. It's a lot of fun. What? <laughs> Just because I fucking touched something? Julie, this is who I am. Things happen in the salon. <laughs> What's that from? Trixie, cutting that random guy's hair for like a BuzzFeed thing. <laughs> <laughs> that was a weird one. Do you quote that a lot? I feel often. Like... <laughs> yeah. So often. Yeah. More than. Oh, yeah. Nick, did you watch the Katya Ding Dong video? Ding Dong. It is so fucking good. I watched it as many Katyas as there are. I watched it that many times to focus in on each one individually. <laughs> Why did we resist it the first time? Ding dong. Did we? No. Well, we we had said we saw that it was album. released and we just didn't like pay any attention to well, it. Well, I mean, if something is terrible from one of your favorite people, it's tough to stomach. But it was. Why didn't we trust in her that it would be amazing? That's true. Ding dong. <laughs> and then what does Trixie say? What are her three sentences? I don't know. It's like featuring Trixie. She's barely in it. Netflix also is showing me Voices of Fire. Have you seen that? No, but you were so on with the Queen's Gambit. That is like the most watched Netflix original ever. Like within the first month. 48. Um, so Pharrell and his like childhood pastor, they want to create. Rose. I know they want to create like the best <laughs> church choir ever. And it's like transgender people, black, white, gay, straight, but you got to sing fire. And by the end of like the preview, I was like, 
Okay, so I'm, I'm going to have to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's what seems to appear is a, presenting as a transgendered male. Yeah. It's like, I really want to get in this. I really want to do it. And then they start singing. What's the goddamn Natalie Cole we- wedding song everybody sings? This will be an everlasting yeah, that's love. Dream Girls, whatever the Dream Girls song is. <laughs> Jennifer Excuse me. Um, I, I sang I, for you. you. I appreciate it. They start singing like that, it. and you're like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a, a sobbing fest. <laughs> What's it called again? Voices of Fire! <laughs> this girl is on fire. What if they actually set him on fire? It's like, your voice was not enough to set us ablaze, so we will immolate you. Emily? Really? Emily. I'm going to have to start reading again if I'm going to hang out with you guys. <laughs> It's going to be a shame watch, but I don't care. Because you're going to be ashamed of how much you feel. Watch. No, that is a perfectly acceptable <laughs> I know. One. We were all like, I've always had a dream to make a choir. We're like, blah, 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 blah. And then we're like, yeah. okay. I, I wonder if he's just like searching for ways to plug in his hit song, though. It's like, how are you feeling? I'm so excited. How how else would you do? What's like a synonym for that? Though? It's I'm like, so happy. happy. There it is. And then just like, sort of Charleston's in. So I'm sure you guys have started watching the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. 100%. I have never seen a Real Housewives. Well, this, in my life. this franchise just started, and it's a crazy bunch of people. They're not all Mormons. There's a Jewish woman, a Muslim woman, and then there's this person named Heather. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! So today on Instagram, somebody is like, "We're so excited to have somebody on the Real Housewives representing the transgender community," and she's like. That's not a put down, but I'm not transgendered. I was born a woman. (laughs) (laughs) But she handled it really well. You're just like, (laughs) I mean, it feels like a slam. It shouldn't be, right? I mean, it definitely sounds like one. It It shouldn't shouldn't be. It shouldn't be a slam when someone says, you are assigned male, Jenna Jelly, right? (laughs) I mean, that's what happens when you have that much work done. The troll wrote, could you share more about your transition from male to female? You're going to inspire so many people. And she responded, I'm happy to be an advocate for the transgender community. If it helps, I'm not transgender, but I don't consider it an insult to be called trans either. Snap. Well done. Yeah. So we need we need royal names, I've decided, for us to be on the same level as I the crown. you've already created them, and I can't wait. No, I have not, and that's why I'm crowdsourcing. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to create a name that someone might construe as offensive. Gotcha. Well, I think if you just give us um, a title and land holdings that – that can be our name, right? Northampton, <laughs> Sandringham. <laughs> where's Where's Darcy live? Is that Pembroke? Mm-hmm. Pemberley, yeah. Pemberley, oh. Pemberley. Sad. <laughs> um. Let's see. Where else are people from on the Great British Baking Show? Uh, Norfolk, Sussex, Essex. <laughs> Norwalk. Norwalk. Yeah. Did you watch this week? Cornwall. Yes. <laughs> Do you know how much hate poor June is getting on Twitter? And I'm like, you know what? Just get off. June. So she didn't, she stayed on, right? June's the heavier set blonde woman. Oh, is that And her name? Ermine went home. Yeah. I'm bummed that her, Ermine didn't make it. Me too. I really liked her a lot. And I hate that June is really sloppy and that is like a. Is that her name? Or is June? it Laura? Oh, is it Laura? I like June for her, but. I believe you Laura. <laughs> And she's like, oh, it tastes real good, though. But it looks like shit. You're like. I know. 
Ermin's must really not have tasted good. And it is it disappointing. Like, Ermin should have done well in that challenge. Like, I think they were right to be disappointed because she is classic French pastry lady. She messed up all three challenges. Yeah. She deserved to go home. Yeah. Now, if Laura wins, I might join in the hate, but I don't think so. It, I'm going for Peter Red Lips, but I feel like it would do so much more for Dave's life, if that's his name. Is it Dave or Dan? I think it's Dave. Uh, what's his life? Why does he need help? <laughs> he seems very anxious. His hair he seems He does tense. seem very anxious. You know, yeah. his hair seems very anxious. <laughs> they're like, you're doing so much better. He's like, I think I think so. I, I also <laughs> agree. I am better. You're like... <laughs> Say that I picture his face and it just like every version of his face in my head is like the wide eyes of like, oh. Zero brow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, like, Too long. <laughs> Whereas, you know, luscious lip boy, he's going to be fine. He and his brother are going to live together. He's so plucky. Yeah. He's got, life hasn't hurt him yet. He got a fucking handshake this week and he won the showstopper. Yeah. Why did they use those molds? That seemed like a terrible idea. It is a terrible idea. Everyone should have done what Peter did. There's a reason we don't use those silicone molds. They sell them at Michael's. Like, it's only for crafty people, not for professionals. <laughs> well, and then he's like, you know how much these are? They're like $9 each. I'm like, really? You buy Nero supplies with a GBBO? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they give him a plate for winning. Like, the BBC doesn't give out money. <laughs> I know. And they're so excited about it. They're like, the pottery is the same way. And then Guy's grandmother's like, how much money did you win? He's like, nothing. I won a bowl. <laughs> He's like, it's a very nice bowl, though. Yeah, I should love Peter talking about, like, it's just so wild. You know, I'm in a tent in the English countryside hanging out with Prue and Paul. Like, where am I? What is this life? My luscious, luscious lips. <laughs> they just always look chapped. <laughs> I feel like Matt is insinuating that he's gay every episode. And Peter's like, mm. <laughs> I, I just love my brother, my gluten-free brother. Yeah, good on him for not trying to do more gluten-free baked goods, though, because that's always a disaster waiting to happen. And I hope that the final challenge is a good one. I like when they had to make, like, 700 pastries, you know what I mean? They're like, <laughs> you need four cakes, six different kinds of bagels, a fruit a tray, a toast, uh, a mansion, a brick wall, and you're just like, <laughs> back in well, the day, then... they had to make a thousand things. Yeah. Well, then everyone else shows up, you know, on the lawn and you're like, oh, I guess they had to feed all these people. <laughs> I love it. Both mocks will be there. I mean, Ugh. I think that's the only people I'm sad that left. Lottie. We like Lottie. Lottie is good. Yeah. Yeah. This was a good season. Ugh. Really good. <laughs> I had to teach. Uh, I got to teach a Thanksgiving themed dance party for the Down Syndrome Association. I don't know if you know this, but there aren't really that many turkey-themed songs. <laughs> More or less than Halloween. Oh, way less than Halloween. Oh, my God. There's no spooky, scary turkey. Uh, <laughs> so I took Do You Love Me from Dirty Dancing because it says, I can mash potato. Uh -huh. So we mashed potatoes. Instead of the twist, we stirred up the sauce. We tossed the salad. And they didn't know it was gay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, anyone can toss a salad. Yes, but they don't. Um, so anyway, I would just took regular songs and put turkey movements to them if they had mashed potatoes in them, so much so the better. They're like, this is so fun. And then when it goes, ah, ah, we're like little turkeys, bigger turkeys, flying turkeys. <laughs> I'm like, wait till they see Dirty Dancing one day and they go, it's the turkey song. <laughs> we did We Are Family because obviously you're supposed to be with your family on Thanksgiving. We did do the turkey trot. 
Nice. Did you do turkey lurkey? It sounds like you did a great job with it. Agree. <laughs> and then I let this girl pick a free dance song because we were done. And she's like, let's do Party in the USA. I'm like, great. It has nothing to do with Thanksgiving. <laughs> wow. That's kind of what happened. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our exploration of the British elite and a few other little meanderings, if you will, of our psyches. We've so enjoyed discussing it. We hope you've enjoyed listening to it. I'll spend the next week attempting to perfect my accent for this is, I think, just a sign of a stroke. But as always, (laughs) we very much appreciate you listening with us and we're excited to see what we get into next week. Have a lovely week, everyone.